Hello and welcome to Southside Church Podcast. For information about our church located in Cape Town, South Africa, go and check out our website, southsidechurch.co.za. We trust that the message would inspire you today. This month has been an interesting month for me. Um, I went to two weddings, so like back to back. And um, it's such a cool thing, weddings, in some respects. We live in this crazy world, and then you go to a wedding, and everything's perfect. It's like Pinterest in real life. <laughs> everything's got all these little taglines and the little box, and you open it, and there's something in there. It's very cool. And for just a moment in time in this chaotic world, everything's right. We're celebrating love. We're celebrating life. It's beautiful. It's really just got me in that space, you know, just enjoying love. In other news, this year's stats are in from Stats SA, the 2022 stats, and 45% of all marriages in Africa end in divorce or separation. <laughs> Statistics for um, up to nine years are horrific, um, well over 50. So today I'd like to look into this problem. It appears that we might be under-equipped for the task at hand. Marriages are critical to the fabric of society. Critical. They are one of the foundations to children having a stable and loving home. Marriages are one of God's top priorities. We need to talk about them more. In fact, the church is known as the bride of Christ. God regularly in the New Testament speaks about marriages. Can you hear me in the back there? Just wave your hands if you can hear me. All right, cool. In the same manner, the marriages are the enemy's number one target. The world's crazy. Social media is putting unrealistic expectations. Marriages are definitely under attack. And that's not my opinion. That's the statistics. Today we'll be looking at several truths that I believe will best equip us to beat these odds. Before I start, I'd like to take the pressure off you by saying that there's no such thing as a perfect marriage because there's no such thing as perfect people. Because everyone's looking at me like, dude, not today. Not today. Just look at me. It's okay. Don't look left. Don't look right. And I think it's also quite naive to assume that everyone's coming happy. You know, I know for a fact, I've come into church sometimes, my wife and I have been like, smile and wave, babe, smile and wave. We'll pick this up later. Hi. You know, let's be realistic. We're church full of humans. Humans are messy just the way God likes. My first point here is recognizing the importance of being equally yoked. If you're single and you're looking for someone, if you're young, listen up. Equally yoked. My mom right now, she's like, thank you, Jesus, he gets it. She, she beat this drum for decades. Like, mom, I met this nice girl. Is she Christian? And I just got the finger. Is she Christian? But mom, is she Christian? Mom's thrilled right now. 
2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not a partnership. That's war. Light is best friends, is light best friends with darkness. In the NIV it says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers for what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Very important one to get right. You see, a yoke was a wooden contraption used for oxen when plowing a field. It was a contraption placed over both oxen over their necks so that they would plow in the same direction. Can you imagine if the oxen started parting ways, trying to pull in different directions? It would be chaos, wouldn't it? Just like the oxen, we in marriages and relationships need to be on the same page. We need to be in agreement. Let me see if I can give you an example of this. You have two people. One person has fallen in love with Jesus Christ. And their value system changes. We read now, we just sang the songs now, Jesus at the center. It's all about you. It is all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus at the center. You see, when you encounter Jesus genuinely, there's a, there's a value change. Your priorities change. Who you are changes. That ego gets challenged. You are a changed person. Not only that, but we have this hope within our soul that helps us get through the tough times. If you don't believe me, pick up the Bible. Have a look at the martyrs, regular men and women who encountered Jesus Christ and went to go die horrific deaths because of this love that was just in them. They're like, I can't deny it. It's so powerful. And then we meet someone, our spouse, or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and they're lovely people, and there's nothing wrong with them. But they haven't had that revelation. So life is very, very constant in bringing us hard times, is it not? And then you add kids to that equation later on. The precious building, but yet we have two unequally yoked people. It's really unfair on both parties. It's really unfair. The one's like, why are you not on my page? The other one's like, why aren't you on my page? And what happens is we start to see that division happening. Don't be unequally yoked. Avoid it at all costs. Oh, but Dan, you don't understand. They're very open to the idea. That's awesome. And I'm not discrediting that. And there are lots of various stories like that. But you really need to make sure that you are on the same page. Jesus at the center. Mark 12, verse 30 speaks about this love. You shall love the Lord with all your, love your, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is this intense love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. When you're loving someone from the depth of your heart with that kind of conviction, how can you expect them to love you back like that when they've never had that, that revelation? Don't be 
unequally yoked. When two Christians love each other, it should look like this. One party should be pouring their love into the other party, sacrificial, Ephesians 6 kind of love. That enables the other person to pour back into that person. And then that enables that person to give back. And what happens is you start developing an infinity sign. Powerful. Should you love like this? Well, let me say this. When you've got this, and then you have Jesus at the center, you can weather the storms. Will it be easy? No, but you can weather the storms because you both synchronized on the depth, on the depth, that new awakening that God has placed in you. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can, be, two can defeat themselves. A three-stranded cord is not easily broken. When it's you two in sync with each other and you've got Christ in the mix, it's a strong marriage, it's a strong relationship, it's a strong union. It's exquisite, isn't it? I do want to say this quickly. Should you have love like this and your vulnerability got taken advantage of and you landed up hurt, this is not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of the other party involved. They did not understand the, what they were being given. Forgive them for not knowing better and forgive yourself for not seeing it earlier. Seek help and move on. Some of you here need to forgive yourselves. I know I have. Galatians 5 verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers, not only not only to use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but to love, but through love serve one another. Speaking about that vulnerability, we're meant to use that just to pour into other people. When people share something with you that is vulnerable, I've said things to my wife, man, super embarrassing if anyone else found out. But it's that vulnerability, and I know it's safe with her. And she said things to me that are safe. It will never be spoken about. When someone shares with you vulnerably and lets you in, honor that. Honor that, whether that's a child, whether that's a spouse, whether that's a friend at work whose marriage is going under and you just need someone to talk to. Honor that. My next point is communication and understanding. There's this couple, and it's their 50th wedding anniversary, and they're going to their favorite restaurant. And they sit down, and they bring the bread. And uh, the husband, he takes the corsi. What is it? So I don't know. What's the corsi? Is that? Jeez, am I sounding like a white man here? Eh? What do you guys call it? The corsi, the end of the bread. The crust. <laughs> Sounds like I've got a bubbler. So, <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Just feeling the love upside you. Um, so he takes the crust and he puts it on her plate, and then he takes the center of the loaf and puts it on his plate. And she says, "You know, after fifty years of marriage, you always give me the crust of the bread." 
You think, after all this time and all we've gone through together, you could see me a little better. You could see, you could see that I don't want the crust. He goes, my dear, I give you the crust because it's my favorite. Small analogy with a powerful principle. There are people living together not on the same page. Communicating is one of the most powerful tools we have in building relationships at last. Just like a builder has a hammer and that's his main tool, we have communication. That is our main tool to fix things and build things and create things with. Bible says power of life and death is in the one of the main ways we can do this is by communicating in our spouse's correct love language there's an amazing book that really enlightened my marriage called the the five love languages by gary chapman this book has sold over 20 million copies i've read it and i was actually going to bring my copy but i've lent it out and went into the abyss um as all my other books (coughs) In short, the five, language, five love languages are five different ways of expressing and receiving love. They are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Not everyone communicates love in the same way. People have different ways they prefer to receive love. And these change as time goes, as, as life changes. Mine have changed also, as I've done the test a few times. Um, here's some examples for some of you that aren't aware of it. So words of affirmation, if someone comes to you and just says, Jeepers, you're just doing such a fantastic job, and I I just want to tell you that I really appreciate you, the way you love on the kids. You're such a great dad. They just love you to bits, and I see you. So someone, I can check in the audience, someone's like, oh, that's fine. If that hit you, that words of affirmation is your thing. Quality time. Hey, I'd love to go for a walk with you and just chat a little bit. Let's just talk. Let's cross legs on the bed and chat. Let's have tea and chat. Receiving gifts. This is amazing, this gift. It's so thoughtful. I just love it. Thank you so much. Acts of service. Can I make you tea? Can I wash your car? Can I sweep the floors? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) I see we're hitting buttons here. I can check as I say each one nudges and like I'm like trying to keep focused the next one's physical touch shoulder rubs I love it when you hug me I love it when we when we watching a movie and we hold hands and it may sound silly to you but to the other person it could be their world it could be their world in the spirit of making this as practical as possible I'll give you an example from my own life my wife Megan is acts of service where's mine's quality time and physical touch. I don't know, guys. I wasn't going to share this, but now it's New Year's. So you might as well get into this. Listen, and you, Brie, this is not what I'm. This is not where this is going. <laughs> Brie, Christians don't do that stuff, Brie. Goodness. But I promise you, I, 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 tickle backs. I don't know. It's got to be its own love language. I've never stopped liking those things. Hey, my wife, acts of service, man. You you make a cup of tea and you do the floor. She's like you. You are on fire. I'm like, mm, I know, girl. Yo, I might do the cars there. She's like, Phew. calm down. Calm down. 
I love quality times. I love, put on your phone and talk to me. Yes, that's so super cool for me. Really enjoy that. Talk about anything. Talk about day, your day. Talk about ideas. Talk about something you read. Talk about something you saw. Something that's frustrating you. Something that you enjoyed. I don't care. Just talk to me. I, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. For me, that recharges my tank. Nowadays, I can say we're much more in sync with how we show love to one another. I don't understand why she likes how clean floors mean so much to her, but it does. And that's what I'm saying. It's so important to be in sync. Gary Chapman says this, love can be expressed and received in all five love languages. However, if you don't speak a person's primary love language, that person will not feel loved, even though they may be speaking the other four. Once you're speaking in his or her's primary love language fluently, then you can sprinkle the other four and they'll be like icing on the cake. I highly recommend that couples get synced on this. If you don't want to read the book, that's fine. On the website, there's a free test you can do. And it just gives you a rough idea, and it's actually quite useful. I've used it a few times. Just one of the resources out there that I recommend. But the main thing is to be working on that. You don't want to be living past each other or spending your energy in the wrong areas. The next I'd like to speak about how two halves make a half. Allow me to explain. I've witnessed a lot of people, they go through life, and they're looking for that person to complete them. They complete me. And so what happens is you find a half person because they're looking for someone else to fulfill that other need in them. And they marry someone else or they get together with someone else who's also half. And what you've got is a half. Two people who are codependent. That's not how it works. Truly stable relationships are when two whole people, one whole person and one whole person come together and make a whole person. I had a lecturer, he said this, he says, who here is quite happy being single? People put up that and they said, cool, you're the guys ready for a relationship. Now, that's an example, so don't be like, oh no. But that's just an interesting, an interesting example I thought that, um, that was given to me. We need to take time to work on ourselves on becoming a whole person. If you got really damaged in your previous relationship, the onus is on you to get right. Come for counseling, speak about it, move forward. Don't accept that hurt as part of your identity, but be actively moving away from it every day. Some days it's going to be on you, other days it's going to be further away. But when you're actively working on it and you're trusting the Holy Spirit for guidance to overcome that, you can become a whole person. Every single person in this house that is hearing my words and online today can be a whole person. You do not have to accept that identity of the previous failed marriage, previous failed relationship, or divorce, or whatever. You can be a whole person if you are committed to it. Not to mention, there are people in this house that are happy to hold your hand and walk you through that walk. Also, wisdom's up for purchase. You want to be wise, you can go to books and go buy books. There are many people who have walked really tragic roads. You can learn from their experiences by reading what they went through. You're not alone. To think that you are is a lie from the devil. You are not alone. David had a beautiful prayer. He says in Psalms 139, verse 23 to 24, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. See that there are, uh, see that there are no offensive ways in me, and lead me in the ways everlasting. David's saying, hey, I'm here Show me what is wrong. Show me where this hurt is in me. Show me where I need to grow, that I may see it and grow 
taking responsibility for their growth to becoming a whole person. The same goes for your happiness. Your happiness belongs to you. It's completely unrealistic to place the responsibility of your happiness on someone else. That's really unfair to that person and they will crumble under that weight. You need to make you happy. You need to work on that. I just felt like I needed to say that today. Matthew 6 verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus at the center. And it's righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Instead of searching high and low to find the right partner, perhaps we should turn our eyes to heaven and work on being that right partner. I don't want to shock you, but you and I, we're not as together as we may think we are. You ready for this one? You might be the problem in your relationship. What am I trying to say here? What I'm trying to say here is that we all need God's grace every day. I am a man who needs the grace of the Lord Jesus to be a dad, to be a husband, to be an employee, to be many things. I need God's grace. Lastly, as we wrap up, we, I, need, I need the whale music. Make it, make it sound holy here, please. This, I need this next point to really clap here. No, so Alex and I are actually friends, and he said to me, give me the eye. So I dropped the line. He didn't move, so I was trying to give him that. He wasn't looking, so I don't know. I'm going to send you an email, bro. <clears throat> Lastly, as we wrap up, understand that nobody's perfect. Rick, Rick Warren, who's the author of The Purpose Driven Life, which sold 50 million copies, wrote another book called The Purpose Driven Marriage, in which he says, a successful marriage is a great union, but two great forgivers. How lacquer is that? Can we see that again? A successful marriage is a great union between two great forgivers. You know what makes an incredible partner? Girls, when you're looking for a husband, guys, if you're looking for a, a wonderful girl, husbands, wives, no matter where you are, you can start practical things that you can start working on when you leave this place today. You know what makes an incredible partner? Someone who's quick to admit when they're wrong and quick to ask for forgiveness. Egos destroy relationships. That's why they're one of the deadly sins, because you can't see a big ego on yourself. You don't know you're carrying it, and it's just causing havoc. Egos destroy relationships. Matthew 18, verse 21 to 22. Then Peter came and asked, Lord, how many times must, shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. We are commanded to be good forgivers. Holding grudges is not something we do. We should strive every day to be as open-handed as possible with forgiving people. That's the Christian way. 
right here, we have something that we can aim for. I'd like to ask you a few questions today. How would you enjoy being in a relationship with yourself? How quick to admit your, how quick are you to admit when you are wrong? And lastly, are you fun to live with? Mm-hmm. Don't be salty to live with. Go buy a comic and laugh a little bit. Laughter is fantastic stuff.